I think one of the things that's interesting is this reclaiming of self, that the aspect of medicine that returns us to the truth of who we are, there's like no way but through that shadow. You know, so many people talk about medicine as a reclaiming, a remembering of the deeper, truer nature of who they are. And it doesn't even matter what your spiritual orientation is. It can be, it's all energy. It's all love. It's all one. It, it can be a deep Christian mysticism. It doesn't matter. It can be whatever faith tradition you come from. It does begin in my own experience of peeling back the layers of traditional religion, but that's just been my own experience. So what is spirituality? The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Today's guest is Michaela Carlin. Michaela is the host of the Psychedelic Mom podcast, a certified optimized coach and psychedelic integration coach. She holds certifications in Reiki, breathwork, fitness, transcendental meditation, and is a certified facilitator in the intersectionality of spirituality and social justice. Go to thepsychedelicmom.com to access her podcast, join a retreat waitlist, and more. You're listening to Psilocybin Says. To support it, join the conversation in the YouTube comments, subscribe on YouTube and podcasts, and stay connected on Instagram and TikTok. And now, please welcome Michaela Carlin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Psilocybin Says. I am your host today, Courtney Rose, and I have the honor uh, and privilege in having a conversation with Michaela Carlin today. Michaela is a mother of four, an entrepreneur, and the host of the Psychedelic Mom podcast. She's also a healer and facilitator of earth medicine ceremonies, conversations, and retreats. Welcome, Michaela. Thank you for being here on Psilocybin Says. Oh, thank you, Courtney. I'm so happy to be here. It's so interesting. I was just saying it's it's hard to be on this side. Like, I want to know so much about you. <laughs> I'm really excited to be with you. So yeah, um, maybe this I'm- is a two-way conversation. I would love that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I'm so looking forward to to diving in as a fellow mom mm-hmm. uh, and psychedelic practitioner. Um, so yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit more about your your journey um, with psychedelics. How did you mm. how were you introduced um, to psychedelics? Well, you know, it was prior to this psychedelic renaissance. So, you know, it wasn't a time where there was a lot of information. It was kind of like right on the trending edge of the psychedelic renaissance. So I was never somebody who experienced psychedelics young. I grew up in the just say no to drug era and it worked brilliantly. (laughs) And, um, but I always was somebody very like really curious human being, always reading different philosophies, curious about different um, 
religious ideologies, Buddhism, Taoism. I grew up uh, Catholic, but always at a really young age, wanted more information about this reality, the big existential questions of life. Like, who are we? What the heck are we doing in this world? What is quantum mm -hmm. physics? Like, all these deep questions. And so I, I was kind of a self-seeker. Um, and a deep meditator starting early in my 20s. Again, meditation was kind of like a kind of a weird thing in my circles as a mm -hmm. mother and Western woman who was very traditional in my roles. Um, and then at some point, um, I started doing some research because I had a uh, daughter who was struggling in high school with some depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was like really questioning the Western model of mental health. Mm -hmm. And again, there wasn't that much information at the time, but mm -hmm. I came across like one article at the bottom of the internet, <laughs> mm -hmm. like down this huge mama rabbit hole. Like, mm -hmm. what are the options? Um, I had never experienced depression. I wasn't somebody familiar with anxiety or depression. Mm -hmm. So I just didn't know how to support her. So I really was trying to figure out the best way. And I did come across an article about the use of psilocybin for anxiety and depression and some new studies that were coming out. Um, but I kind of wasn't ready to use my daughter who was 15 mm -hmm. at the time as a psychedelic experiment, you know, mm -hmm. a family mm -hmm. project. So I kind of let it go and um, took traditional roots with her. But there was this like magnetic pull that I, to this day I can't really understand. It was like the curiosity for mm -hmm. earth medicines sucked me in so deep. And I started reading anything I could about ayahuasca and psilocybin mushrooms and the history. Um, and then finally one day I still had this deep question of could these medicines give me access to parts of myself that my conscious mind doesn't have and access to realms beyond what my kind of mystical experiences and meditation had provided me with. And I was also at this kind of turning point in my life. My kids were getting a little bit older. I had been a mother, mostly, you know, these side little entrepreneurial projects, but mostly I was a mom and um, supported these four children in their life. And each of them had, you know, different challenges, whether it was like dyslexia or my daughter when she was had, went through her struggle. So all of a sudden there I was like, what now? Mm -hmm. um, who am I? And I finally, it took me about two years. I actually thought ayahuasca was going to be my first medicine. Um, and everybody kept saying, when you're ready, the medicine will show up. And I was like, well, oh, nothing is showing. <laughs> and um, I finally came upon two people and felt really comfortable. One was a man, one was a woman. And last minute, I was like, no, I really want to go to a woman. And um, ended up jumping on a plane and having an incredibly profound experience I don't think it's a typical first experience. I just want to 
lay mm-hmm. that out there because it was a layered three medicine journey, um, mm-hmm. which was uh, MDMA, psilocybin, mm-hmm. and toad medicine. Um, so this was like zero to a thousand, and uh, that radically changed my life um, in so many ways. Uh, as you know, when you first have a earth medicine experience, um, the integration is the biggest piece. There's what you're shown in the journey. And then the layers just start coming down. Mm-hmm. The layers of all that you've built up of who you think you are mm-hmm. start to come down. And uh, so that was how I got in initially to this space. Mm. Wow. Uh, well, first, let me say you are brave. Um, you know, hearing as a mom myself, um, raising little kids is so hard as any mother or parent, involved parent, really uh, very well knows. And hearing you say, you know, talk about mention this journey with your daughter and trying to find a solution, you know, for one, that's hard enough to just mm-hmm. to just go with the a traditional or you know the Western route. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the easiest thing to find and work with. Um, but then to continue to to search, mm-hmm. um, it just can require so much energy um, and thoughtfulness. So um, yeah, I want to say too for anybody out there, like I have a friend right now who has younger kids, and one of them is struggling. Um, my heart goes out to you and you're not alone. Back when my daughter was struggling, we didn't even talk about this stuff. Like Mm -hmm. nobody talked about it if their child was Mm -hmm. anxious. This is luckily we're moving into space where it's safe to say what's actually happening in your life a little bit more so than when this was going on. And it's so hard as a mother. I just remember thinking the oxygen had left the house, like honestly felt. I was also a believer that I needed to fix it. I was the one. The, who else was going to? Mm-hmm. Um, and had to come up with all these solutions and was actually willing to do anything. Um, I even homeschooled for a, a semester because I thought that could help and spend mm-hmm. some time you know, in wilderness with her. And, you know, it was not an easy path. And I'm so grateful for the model that we did end up using. Uh, Mm -hmm. She's amazing today. And she actually works with kids that struggle today with uh, autism and is a uh, therapist, um, a recreational therapist. So like so incredibly amazing. At the time, if you told me like we'd be here, I would (laughs) never believe it. Yeah. So, yeah, my heart goes out to parents who are raising kids today. It's it's a challenge. Yeah, that's huge. Thank you for acknowledging that. That feels, you know, like validating for me, for sure. Um, my little kids are, you know, not to the point of the, the social media use and, and all that crazy stuff. Um, but, yeah, it is a lot of energy. And so thank you for <laughs> for acknowledging that uh, directly for all of the parents. So, and another beautiful and surprising for me aspect with parenting is the the personal healing uh, and transformation that comes that our kids 
can so often facilitate. So mm-hmm. hearing you, you know, have this opening up, uh, looking for a solution for your daughter, and then you end up having mm-hmm. this transformative experience. Um, and I haven't heard a whole lot about uh, that kind of three-layered approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm very curious to, to hear more about that experience, um, if you'd be open to talk a little bit more about it. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a powerful way to go. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for a first-time mm-hmm. person. Um, and I trust the medicine and know in some ways it's exactly what I needed. And um, going back, there wasn't even that much conversation in the Western model of generational trauma, of trauma. I had, I didn't have any language around any of this. Mm-hmm. So um, I wasn't going in for healing in a way. I was going in for deep curiosity and medicine always gives you what you need. So mm-hmm. um, I would ac- say that the experience was a kundalini awakening. Um, the energies in the body, it was so multidimensional. As you know, working with psilocybin, psilocybin can take you to places. For me, psilocybin has always taken me to the shadow, the underbelly of myself. And... Um, MDMA just softens that a little bit. So there's this um, deep empathogenic uh, way that MDMA has of first bringing on love and deep compassion for oneself and a heart opening to even go to places that may be unfamiliar territory Mm -hmm. for us. I wasn't familiar with what shadow even was. Um, I had really a very idyllic uh, childhood from what all my memories showed me and ideas of life were. So I don't really know what shadow was. And, um, and then the toad medicine was really interesting. Toad is such a profound medicine. Have you experienced toad? Not yet. Mm-mm. Or Bufo or 5-MeO-DMT. Um, it's so unique. It's such an energetic medicine so my first experience with this medicine was what some would call a whiteout, which is you don't really remember the journey. Um, but what was very really interesting about it was the medicine woman said to me after, like, wow, did you know you had so much rage? And I was absolutely, like, shocked. I said, rage? Me? What? Mm-hmm. Like, are you? No. And she said, yes, actually, when I was, um, you know, when I got the toad medicine, I guess I was really moving a lot of repressed anger and rage that I didn't even know I had. So from my perspective, what toad did from what I, my awareness, so that was happening kind of without my awareness, my awareness Mm -hmm. of toad was, um, Wow, such a beautiful, profound uh, falling into or or becoming oneness, mm-hmm. um, the pure oneness of our beings, falling into and remembering the true nature of who we are, 
and being in that for hours. And while I was in that, being shown things like um, this medicine was asking me to see myself as the oneness saw me. I was like, I don't even know what you're even asking me for. Um, Just like the patience of the medicine and the medicine showing me this lineage of medicine women that I came from, which I didn't even really know. I had heard that I had a great grandma. My grandmother was a pharmacist. Her mother was a pharmacist. My father, grandfather was a pharmacist when they really like did the, you know, medicines themselves. Mm -hmm. And so it was showing me this long line beyond even those family members that had been medicine women. And it showed me this path. And I was like, "Hmm, (laughs) wrong girl. (laughs) I'm just here because I'm curious. And, um, (laughs) you know, just kind of, that was my opening to a deeper. So the question going in was, can these medicines give me access to parts of myself that I didn't have? Mm -hmm. And it did it, it did that in two ways. It opened up a very small window of realization that there was something I needed to go into some shadow. Mm-hmm. And then it opened up on the other end, just the deep connection to what, what true nature is and what my purpose was. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for taking us on that, that journey. Um, I got chills all mm-hmm. through my body several times as you described that experience. Um, wow. So you found these uh, medicine uh, people. Well, you worked with the medicine woman uh, mm-hmm. you mentioned. Um, and this was totally new to you at the time, just for curiosity purposes. And and so, and you mentioned having this traditional, more traditional role and uh, being a more full-time mom. Um did anyone know that you were going on this specific journey? That is such a good question. <laughs> um, oh, because that really gets into who I was then and who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, who I was then, which I didn't even know, was someone who was very codependent, who really wanted everybody else to be comfortable and happy and Um, I learned at a really young age, probably pre-verbal, to tap into the energy field of my home and know like what kept other people happy. How Mm -hmm. was I going to get the love? How was I going to get the attention and the approval? Mm -hmm. And that really became a mechanism for how, who I became in my life without really having a deep understanding of that. Mm -hmm. So when I was really curious about medicine I knew that that wasn't going to be something within my family dynamic with my husband and life that would have been um, understood. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I think I said I was going to study mushrooms. And Mm -hmm. when the question got asked, like, what do you even mean? I said, oh, well, mushrooms have been used for like centuries for um, many faith traditions for deeper levels of spirituality, and I want to go study that. So I wasn't honest and um, could really feel the tension of that in my being. Mm -hmm. Um, Could really feel like the ways in which 
I was suppressing what truth was for me for somebody else's comfortability Mm -hmm. and my comfortability of sitting with someone else's discomfort. Mm -hmm. So I actually had an experience with a boga Mm -hmm. um, about a year later. And um, maybe it was two, I don't remember, but, and I had this real moment with a boga, which is known as the, uh, if your audience doesn't know, a boga is from Gabon, Africa, and it's a root bark medicine, and it is a powerful medicine. And as much as Bufo or 5-MeO-DMT is the light at the top of like, say, a Christmas tree (laughs) or tree, Bufo is the absolute root of that tree. It's known as like grandfather medicine and the Buiti who have been the keepers of this medicine from the beginning of time. Their favorite word is basi basi and it means truth. And to them, truth is the foundation for life. So I had an experience with a boga and everybody around me is purging. It was my first group medicine journey. I was always doing kind of like Mm one-on-one with medicine and then one-on-one with myself apprenticing with mushrooms on my own and things like that. Mm -hmm. But this is my first group journey and I'm hearing the Buiti music, which is really intense music and people purging. And I'm sitting so politely with my little blanket and my, you know, Mm -hmm. mask on, not moving, really uncomfortable But even the way I kind of held myself together was something I was really used to doing was just like, Mm -hmm. just, you don't need to like, you know, make noise, ask for help. I think at one point I even asked for melatonin because I wanted to sleep. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is too intense. Mm -hmm. I have a little melatonin. Mm -hmm. And then um, didn't purge, wasn't comfortable. It was, a t- it was a week-long journey, so there was going to be another journey after this. But the next morning I got up, and again, I was kind of in this tension between, so maybe it was a, a little less than a year after my first journey, of saying what was true. Like, oh, I want to do this medicine now. It's like really calling me. It's really mm-hmm. calling me to do deep healing, but I'm not in a, in a place within my social familial structure mm-hmm. where anybody would think this is okay. And again, you're going back before now it's on CNN, you open up any newspaper Mm -hmm. and psychedelics is now a big topic, but this is when it was like, Mm -hmm. you would have been considered absolutely out of your mind and crazy. So I was calling home and checking in and checking in with the medicine woman who doesn't want me to be checking in at home. She's like, take the time. I'm trying to please her. I'm feeling pressure to please her. I'm feeling pressure to please home. And I'm like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I? And I went into the, the restroom, bathroom, and looked myself in the mirror. And I heard this, like, clear as day, grandfather voice. Some people call it Boga grandfather. If you are not aligned to truth and authentic, who are you? And you can't do this work. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was preparing me for this path. And 
I started purging for two hours. And people are like, sometimes when people come for medicine, they'll say, I don't want to purge. And I'm like, oh, they don't know the gift of the purge. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when I was purging, I knew everything I was purging, the toxicity of ways of being, the toxicity within relationships that weren't able to be authentic. Um, It was just a deep return to an understanding that this way of being wasn't serving me or anybody else. Um, it was a deep lesson. Mm, wow. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I used to get frustrated when people would ask, uh, you know, years ago uh, when we were doing the retreats in Jamaica, how do I, you know, make sure I don't have a bad trip? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, seriously, <laughs> but now, you know, I can kind of smile and laugh, uh-huh. a, laugh uh-huh. a little bit more uh, with it. Um, because yes, it, as long as we're in a safe and supported space with trustworthy people. Yeah. Um, yeah the challenges are so such a gift um, to be able to, to work through in, mm-hmm. in the medicine space. Yes. And when you're breaking through conditioning, again, Mm -hmm. like cultural, social, political, economic um, Mm -hmm. conditioning, um, and then you have such profound medicine journeys, it can be really untethering. Um, Mm -hmm. It can Mm -hmm. kind of be like, well, who am I? This is Mm -hmm. is who I thought I was. This is what the world has always expected of me. And so... Yeah, when someone says they don't want a bad trip, I'm like, huh, what mm-hmm. do they? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting because medicine is always going to give you what you need. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you bring up such a good point there. It can feel uh, and be very untethering and um, intense to come home uh, to a whole new perspective uh, amidst patterns, you know, the, the old patterns that were pre pre medicine and all the relationships where we have these momentums going (laughs) of patterns and it's a lot to, to work through. Um, so, and I, I really appreciate, um, also how you're speaking, um, about working with, um, when you're speaking about the voice of grandfather, Iboga, and speaking as talking as if, as it is a being, a spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I really appreciate that. Um, It's a nice reminder for um, us in this psychedelic Renaissance time uh, that the power of acknowledging the relationship uh, and working uh, with, these spirits um, can such be an important, so yeah, such an important message for our Western culture mm-hmm. that is so ready to take a magic pill and have mm-hmm. it be really easy and whisk away your anxiety or, and I don't mean to say that that's easy because it's not when you have anxiety mm-hmm. or depression or anything. Um, and to, Our Western model, in some ways, is a beautiful model. It certainly supports us in so many ways. 
excuse me. Um, but I am really concerned about the Western model being superimposed on the earth medicine space because these medicines and the peoples that have kept these medicines for centuries safe, they're at the core of their whole cultures. Um, it's a very different model than um, going into a therapy, therapy office and putting on a mask for a couple hours and not having the integration. That, by the way, that model really works too. So I'm not downplaying the model of mm -hmm. using these medicines in a therapeutic approach. I think it's going to help humanity on so many levels. It's just the reminder though that like, I think of tobacco and tobacco mm -hmm. is such a beautiful medicine used from the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And when the Western model commodified it and Westernized it, it became closer to a poison. Mm -hmm. And these plants have an intelligence, whether we understand it or not, they do. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many clients I've served and experienced myself that they'll say, how did the medicine know to go right there to a memory I didn't even know I had to uh, they, they just have an intelligence that we don't understand. And I do think we have to honor that there's a mystery here. There's a deep mystery that, um, and the people that have really kept these mysteries and lineages alive in these medicines alive and, uh, sharing them now with the world. It's just really important to remember our Western model doesn't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's important. Um, and it's so much more rewarding. Um, if we're looking for, you know, the real rich experience, that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> really honoring the, uh, the existence and, journey of the medicine in itself and the spirit of the medicine and all of the keepers um, of the medicine. Indeed. Um, so I would like to hear more going back to your story um, with you had this three layer first experience with the MDMA and the psilocybin and the um, toad medicine. Mm -hmm. And then like within a relatively short span of time, it sounds like you were still practicing with the mushroom personally and with some other uh, space holders before mm -hmm. you did iboga. Yeah, I did that three layered thing that uh, mm -hmm. uh, three or four times. Okay. Um, I went in deep to medicine for a few years, like really deep mm -hmm. into, <clears throat> again, I have no explanation for it. Um, mm -hmm. Can't explain why there was such a pull. Um, other than now, sitting where I am, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> deep understanding that I had healing to do, that mm -hmm. I was also part of some generational trauma healing. Mm -hmm. And that this would be a path for my own learning of how to intuit healing for others and help others heal. 
It's mm-hmm. like, it was like I had to go through it myself first. It's really interesting. I took the Being True to You program, which is a psychedelic um, integration program mm-hmm. in the area of addiction and psychospirituality. And, you know, it's so interesting. It's a very in-depth program. At the time, Dr. Dan Engel was the teacher and Deanne um, Adamson was running it. She still is. I think Dr. Dan's still a teacher. And when I signed up again, I would do these things like, oh, this sounds interesting. I'll sign up. And no idea the level of intensity of this course and the layers and thinking that I'm doing this because I want to be a psychedelic integration coach. And one day just having this like profound moment of like, oh, being true to you. What a great Mm. title. (laughs) Because now now I'm in the midst of my own. Where am I true? Who am I? How am I true to myself? How am I not? Where is my sovereignty? What is my voice? And um, it's just medicine has this way of just also a lot of humor. Um, So I was taking more medicine. I was studying the medicine. I was apprenticing to do medicine work, studying psychedelic integration work, apprenticing with different medicine women. Um, But honestly, it was my own deep work that mm-hmm. really is the teacher mm-hmm. and the medicines themselves. Mm-hmm. And well, that's not true. Okay. All right. I have to. <laughs> yeah. Go for it. Yeah. It's the medicine, the deep healing work and incredibly held space and teachers that have gone deep in their own healing because you can only take someone as deep as you've gone. And I was incredibly lucky to end up in the hands of some of the most beautiful teachers mm. who, taught, who really taught me a lot about myself. Mm. That's awesome. Um, that is such a gift to mm-hmm. have people um, in your path so early on as well. Um, that's such a deep dive that you took going from, you know, not really, I think you, you mentioned not really having this concept of shadow or thinking you had a shadow looking back on your upbringing (laughs) to, I was, I was actually very good at like using my meditation practice to just find this state of constant peace. Mm Mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, I remember my first journey, the medicine woman said to me, the the mushroom came on and I was told her that I didn't like the music and I wanted her to change the music. Mm -hmm. And she said, what do you like about it? And I could tell it was bringing me to some darker material. And um, I sat up and I said, I I just don't like it. It's dark. And I took my eye mask off and I said, oh my God, look how gorgeous it is out. (laughs) This is like a gorgeous Uh day. And she was like, I think you might want to put those, the mask back on. And I was like, mm, I don't think so. And she prompted me to, and I went back in, I sat back up and I was listening to the music and I was like, yeah, I don't like the music. I want it to change. And I asked her to put on this different song, which she, she did. And then that music came back on and I started to realize, oh, I'm the music. I'm the music. And there's something about me that needs to change. And um, it was a deep moment of realizing what spiritual bypassing was um, Mm -hmm. and that, and she kind of encouraged me to go back in 
and go into and lean into what the medicine was bringing me to. Yeah. So for anybody out there who hears these stories about medicine and the shadow and it's like, now they're kind of memes, like, have you done your shadow work? And, mm-hmm. you know, have you had a dark night of the soul? Mm-hmm. It's, it's for real. Like I totally understand mm-hmm the discomfort of going into the shadow because it's not really you as your adult self. Mm. It's your, it's the physiology and visceral experiences stored in your body from a child. So it's like shadow work might not sound scary, but what you're doing is you're actually re-entering your child's body, Mm. your child's fear, discomfort Mm -hmm. so that you can, reintegrate it, feel the emotions never felt, process whatever needs to get processed, see and witness that child um, with your adult body. But it's actually re-entering the state of the child's physiology. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I really appreciate you um, bringing that up and talking about the the shadow aspect uh, of things. And, you know, this is one reason I really wanted to have you on this podcast, um, because I so appreciate in your podcast, um, the intentionality in talking about the, the spiritual aspect of working with psychedelics. Uh, again, in this time of the psychedelic renaissance and talking about the healing of the chemistry of the brain, you know, which is definitely something that's important to talk about. Um, But also just bringing this conversation of um, the spiritual work, um, not just for ourselves personally, Mm. but as you mentioned, for our lineage and our future. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, even when I was parenting my kids, I kind of remember so many moms saying, and I probably fell fell into this myself, like, oh, what do you do? And it's like, if you were a mom who was at home, you might be like, I'm just a mom, just a mom, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's interesting is this reclaiming of self. Um, And you can that the aspect of medicine that returns us to the truth of who we are, there's like no way but through that shadow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many people talk about medicine as a reclaiming, a remembering of the deeper, truer nature of who they are. And it doesn't even matter what your spiritual orientation is. It can be it's all energy. It's all love. It's all one. It it can be a deep Christian mysticism. It doesn't matter. It can be whatever faith tradition you come from. It does begin in my own experience of peeling back the layers of traditional religion, but that's just been my own experience of, yeah. um, So what is spirituality? You know, Mm -hmm. I think um, one of the other things medicine is amazing at is there is stages to awakening. 
we first have this awakening that maybe there is more than just the material world. Maybe I'm not just a body. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like, maybe, maybe there's something beyond me that I don't fully understand that's a mystery. Um, and maybe none of us will ever understand in this 3D reality everything. Um, but medicine certainly invites us into the mystery of ourselves mm-hmm. beyond who we are, beyond what our perceptions of reality are. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you're here possibly to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of the things that it pointed to was there was some generational trauma even that actually came from a spiritual tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, I had aunts that were sexually abused by um, a Christian order of men. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in my journeys seeing sexual trauma, it was like, what am I seeing? Mm-hmm. I, ve- I knew very little of it at the time. Um, and so one of the things that I think medicines are doing too is bringing us all back to truth and honesty. What is mm-hmm. spirituality? Who mm-hmm. gets to define it for you? Um, what rules and dogmas are you following without even questioning? Um, I think what medicine wants you to do is find the truth within yourself, beyond dogma, beyond what anybody else is telling you. It's within you. And the deep return to that mystery of who you truly are in relationship to medicine and this beautiful Mother Earth uh, that we are mm-hmm. on, that we are nature, that we, that we actually co-evolved with mm-hmm. these earth medicines. They are not separate from us, that mm-hmm. they are amazing teachers if we allow them to be, if we, um, yeah. So it's interesting because I guess for me, um, it's, it's still a path, you know, I'm still on this path. Um, right now I lean a little bit more towards some of the non-dual teachings and, um, I think, um, that's where medicine has brought me, but I think everybody is on their own deep path. And I think that's kind of the beauty and Mm -hmm. even bringing that into motherhood. Right. I think I was raised to emulate and, um, what I was raised to emulate, which was, you know, the perfect mom, the, uh, perfect family, (laughs) the, you know, this is what they look like. This is what they have. This is where they go to school. This is how they show mm-hmm. up in the world. And I think what medicine does is first bring that to you. What is, who are you? Who do you want to be in the world? Mm-hmm. But then you can hold space for others to then be who they get to be versus parenting mm-hmm. from a place of um, wanting your children to be anything but who they are. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a challenge. I think that can be a challenge. We all have this programming that we pass on. So I'm always telling people like, do medicine work before you even have children because because you'll pass on all of your wounds, all of your conditioning unconsciously. Mm -hmm. 
And what medicines will help you do is help you choose, choose who you are outside of your conditioning and allow you to parent from a place that is um, holding space for what wants to emerge in your children. And I can't say that that's what I did. You know, I'm not like the perfect psychedelic mom. I think part of it is that it's a paradox, right? It's like even putting psychedelics and motherhood together is a paradox. Um, psychedelic means soul revealing. And so one of the things that my goal is on my podcast is to have conversations about what is what reveals our truth. And then I've coined this other word, psychocliptic, which means soul concealing. And motherhood can be, as you said, motherhood itself is psychedelic. Mm-hmm. It's constantly revealing mm-hmm. who we are, our triggers, where we're unhealed, what our conditioned thinking is. Um, and life itself can be psychedelic. It's always asking us, are we in alignment to truth or are we hiding the truth? Mm-hmm. And um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think you're the perfect psychedelic mom, actually, <laughs> in that you are uh, so perfectly imperfect, mm-hmm. um, of course, as you mentioned, exactly. uh, the paradox. like. So many things uh, of what you just said. I mean, you're such a great storyteller, by the oh, way. I really appreciate you. how you walk us through your experience. Um, uh, and the words you choose are so, so beautifully said. Um, and as you were speaking, I was thinking of the Tao Te Ching and thinking mm. of the, <laughs> as you mentioned, after talking uh, about shadow work, Um, and the medicine bringing up the shadow, how it also can have this great humor about Mm -hmm. it as well, kind of at the end, like a little like, Like, but it's actually kind of fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Like, but like, it's really serious, but it's not like, but don't take it too seriously. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, two things are coming up for me. The the seriousness, which is as a mother, you never want to do harm to your children. Every mother, including my own and beyond, who passed down generational ideologies and ideas that didn't serve me, literally were doing their best. It came from their culture. And mm-hmm. so, like, I know this may sound like I'm a mom not willing to take responsibility for <laughs> the wounds, um, but I am actually. I think one of the most beautiful things a mother can do is do any repair or actually greater than repair is become, become the being that you hope your children become someday, become the person that you hope that they will come to you at some Mm -hmm. point. Um, And, you know, that's a process. You're going to have times Mm -hmm. in your life where your kids may reject you they might, um, it might be their time for individuation and how do you deal with that? And so there's so many tricky things about motherhood. I mean, it will, it is harder than any psychedelic you will do because it is the longest journey you Mm -hmm. will ever take. It lasts a Mm -hmm. lifetime. That, that trip Mm -hmm. never ends. Um, and you're on it again on your own. It's your own internal process 
of learning. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no microdose of motherhood. It is, you know, it's a full on journey. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece that you just talked about was kind of the cosmic joke and taking it all Mm -hmm. kind of lightly too. Mm -hmm. And having the grace and the wisdom to kind of at times know that we're all doing our best. Like you said, the perfect psychedelic mom, the perfect imperfect, it's like embracing the mess, embracing the messiness of what life really looks like, especially mm-hmm. as women who have been taught, like, you're supposed to keep it all together. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And um, the last journey that I had, and I don't do that much medicine really for myself anymore, but I did have a journey recently and um, I'm just going to share it because it goes Mm -hmm. into the cosmic joke. Mm -hmm. And um, for, it was as if um, I was coming back again and again and again to earth. And for the first multiple years, I was clueless as to the fact that I was even supposed to be here learning anything. I was just in this fog And then finally, at some point in the journey, I was like, oh, my God, I'm here again. Really? Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, you know, you haven't learned anything. And I was like, oh, I'm here to learn something. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so some new awareness came at some point that I'm here to learn something. Uh And that whole part of the journey was about deep compassion. And um, I saw kind of, and then I was like, great, okay. And then next thing I know, the same music started to play again in the journey and I'm back again and I'm like, oh my God, I'm here again. So there's just definitely this desire not to be here again or something. Mm -hmm. And um, then I just saw a lot of of the evils of the planet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why does this have to be so? uh, Why is there these two polarities of dark and light? Mm -hmm. And I saw this battlefield and this man had a gun and it was a war. And I was like, God, this is so awful. And um, then it showed me all the people that loved this man, his children, his wife, and how Mm -hmm. this man had so much more love in his life than what that glimpse of what I was seeing. But that so much of this, you know, um, what's going on in the planet is the inversion of truth. We have lost the truth of who we are, that we are deeply connected to each other. Mm -hmm. So then that life lesson was about that. And then I kept coming back lesson after lesson until finally there was this asking point of choosing, of choosing the kind of like choosing truth. And I was like, but I have. And the journey was like, not really. And I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. what, what am I missing? And it was almost as if, you know, the cosmic joke is like that you are it in a way. That's kind of the cosmic joke that it's like, oh, wait a second, I'm all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wait um so there was this moment of like no could you love and forgive yourself if you were the impulse of all evil mm-hmm. so it was like asking me to see myself as the polarities the dark and light but not just part of it like oh we're all part of it as if you just you would you, could you love yourself if you were the impulse to mm-hmm all of it. And there was just this deep self-love of like, of course, it's just total ignorance, total lack of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then it was kind of like, what about the light? Obviously, you know, we can all love ourselves as the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <You> know? easy. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, sure, For some I'll, reason. I'll take that role. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it was so interesting. All of a sudden, this Bodhisattva showed up. And I was like, who are you? And it was like, well, it was the deep understanding that when you accept the dark and the light, in particular the light, because like you said, we're all willing to see ourselves as light beings and light carriers and healers, um, that it comes from a place of true humility and that you're here then as the Bodhisattva to help others, to help others as you continue to do your own work. Um, that was such a such an interesting journey because it was asking for all of it. It was asking, showing the different lessons, asking for the humor and also the deep mystery again, that we don't understand why there's light and dark polarity here mm -hmm. and our role in it. And um, the humility that it takes to realize that we are both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It sure is fun trying to figure it out though. <laughs> For some reason, I keep yeah. trying. Right? Every right? Day. I'm like, am I coming back again? Did I learn yeah. yet? Yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it this time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So, how is this like where you're at now? Mm. Um, First off, I want to say thank you for doing um, the work of the podcast and showing up and even before that, taking a leap and following your intuition to work with these medicines and following that that intuition to work with these uh, medicine keepers um, when it wasn't accepted or talked about at all. Um, because that's, it's hard to do, to do that and come back and integrate that. Um, so thank you for doing that and for that leading you to where you are now, where you have this platform as a woman, mm -hmm. uh, as a mother who is very well-spoken. And, um, I just, I'm so grateful for that. Um, as I meet women and mothers, every day uh, through our work with Sanctuary, who are very afraid. They're very afraid to even work with the mushroom, let alone talk about it. Um, they're afraid of the implications um, on how that will affect their, their career, how that will, um, they're, they're afraid they'll be disowned from their family, mm -hmm. or even worse, lose uh, their kids, have their kids taken away from them for this sincere and intentional practice. So the more that we have women um, like yourself out there and speaking so intelligently about uh, all of this and sharing your experiences with the world, um, the less that's going to be such a fear uh, yeah. for all of us. Yeah. And I hope so. And I also want to acknowledge too, that, you know, it's an important thing to acknowledge too, that I'm a white woman who has, how can I say this? Let me, let me just think this through before we mm -hmm. put this in here. I don't know if I want this in, but you can, you can decide. It's just like um, other populations have been at more risk. They are more policed 
Mm-hmm. And um, in particular, mothers, but also different, you know, ethnic groups have been more at risk. Mm-hmm. And um, we're all at risk, actually, when our sovereignty is not upheld. Mm-hmm. We're all at risk when someone else is making our decisions to become conscious and how we choose to do that, how we choose to commune with nature mm-hmm. and the deepest aspects of ourself. So for mothers that are out there that are doing this work and fathers, because there are a lot of men showing up to do this work, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. Um, you do have to be careful. You do have to be careful about where you go, your safety, we aren't in a place yet where it's totally legal. And one of the things I think it's really important to educate ourselves about in this space, and I don't think many people are talking about it Mm -hmm. because we are like celebrating legality. Mm -hmm. We have to really understand what the current model of legality in the United States looks like. Mm -hmm. You know, decriminalization, I hope that these medicines are legal. So I'm not anti-legalization of Mm -hmm. earth medicines and psychedelics. So I want to put that out there first. Mm -hmm. Um, Decriminalization at this point keeps it in the hands of like anybody. Anybody can do medicine and feel safe. The legalization model in the United States right now looks a little bit more like a monopoly and a controlled uh, way. For example, the legalization in Colorado, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think it's an important issue for mm-hmm. mothers, for us going forward in earth medicines to be educated about. Um, the legalization in Colorado is legalizing four different earth medicines. Um, and the reality is, can I go to Colorado and do MDMA or psilocybin when I want to? No, it's going to be very controlled who you can go to, um, whose medicine we're going to be purchasing. Um, This is important to really get involved as mothers who want the next generation, our children, to actually have true access to earth Mm -hmm. medicines and psychedelics, to be able as families to have a church like yours to go to and feel safe Mm -hmm. to do so to take medicine with our family because we want an initiation of some kind. We've had a loss in our family and we feel like maybe doing a mushroom ceremony together would be helpful and supportive for our families. That's not the model that is currently being rolled out in the United States. It's Mm -hmm. a beginning, but we don't want to lose sight of what we truly want, Mm -hmm. which is sovereignty over our bodies Mm-hmm. over our families and over our consciousness. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Um, Eric and I were arrested in 2015. Oh, uh, I just got the Pre-sanctuary, pre, pre we had no protection. Uh, we were arrested as a result of an underground uh, ceremony uh, that went awry. And... Um, it was the scariest experience of my life, having no prior record or any any kind of experience like that. I'd been very, um, I graduated with a bachelor's in health education. I was an active health coach. I was, you know, very 
intentionally walking through my life and then boom, that happened. And I find myself in jail with a felony conviction and, um, you know, serving time. So that was the impetus in really starting um, eventually the church in the United States after our Jamaica retreat um, venture. Wow. But, but fortunately I was a white woman. Um, otherwise it wouldn't have gone nearly as well for me as, um, you know, if I wasn't a white woman. Um, so I'm so grateful that you highlighted that privilege and it is really important. Um, yeah. And I also want to highlight that there are a lot of incredibly brave women. Like Mm -hmm. Tanya Mosley has a podcast called truth be told that I want to highlight. The podcast is the intersection of psychedelics and black culture. And Mm -hmm. it's such an, I binged listened to that episode because I was going to interview Tanya. And I think it's so important that we all amplify each other's voices and to understand the context of the psychedelic movement within each of our lineages and how it affects us individually. Like Tanya speaks about going to a retreat on the podcast And she really wanted to heal some of her racial trauma. And now she's at a a retreat in Jamaica and all of the facilitators are white. It's so important that we all have equal access to these medicines and even taking like the LGBTQ plus community. Psychedelics Mm -hmm. were used at a time because they believed that psychedelics could offer conversion therapy. So there's some wounding that needs them healing that has to take place within different communities where psychedelics were used in nefarious ways, um, in ways in trying to change who somebody was. Mm -hmm. And the truth is psychedelics can provide incredible amounts of healing for people that have uh, trauma from gender identity. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just important to to have all of these conversations and voices be heard within the space. And, you know, my hope continues to be on the podcast to have a wider range of voices come on. I've definitely had, you know, indigenous people come on and talk about how they feel about Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but there's, there's still so many voices that need to be heard in this space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for mentioning Tanya's podcast. I, haven't heard of that yet. So I'm eager to um, <clears throat> check that out. Yeah. Another um, psychedelic mom. Awesome. <laughs> Love that. Um, so tell us more um, before we um, wrap up this awesome conversation. I want to hear more about uh, your your work and you have expanded uh, your, your services out. You've taken um, your work from just being with yourself um, to mm-hmm. with others as well. Could you share a little bit more about that? That is like one of the greatest gifts, honestly. Um, it's very hard to describe, as you know, when you're in deep um, role with medicine, it's like a dance, a dance of intuition. I'm following the medicine. I'm getting out of the way as much as I can. But it is, you're going into the deeps with another human being. Most of my clients really are here to do like deep, deep work. Mm -hmm. And so um, 
Yeah. It's so interesting because what I've seen again and again is the medicine always knows where to go. And there is a path to healing. One thing is for sure that the shadow is something that we have to walk through. Going back and reclaiming parts of ourselves. I look at it as if there's three, three maybe four layers to the human being. First, it's in the body. There's this like contraction in the body. That, that, that journey that I had where it was showing me um, coming and learning different uh, lessons. One of them was refining actually for me the healing modality that I do, which was really fascinating. But it was showing me that, yes, the density of our traumas live in our body. You know, there's these pockets of like dense energy that gets stuck, but our bodies are light. They're light. We're light beings. It's like a vibrational field of light. And so what medicine does so beautifully is it can identify where those densities are. It can identify the emotions that are stuck there and then the core belief that came that is there. Like, so what I'm seeing is a lot that we all have maybe three or four core wounds that are stored in our bodies that hold life vital energy force when we don't heal them. And then we project from those wounds out into the world. Mm -hmm. So those can be anything from like unworthiness to um, a deep feeling of like never going to be in, have love uh, abandonment, um, a rejection wound. So there's these different wounds that we carry. And what medicine does is go right to that place. It can be layer and layer as and layers. So this isn't one and done material. <laughs> this is like layers. But what I do see is that medicine takes us to the place that the person is ready to go to. And that safety, like what I always say to anybody I work with, like everything is welcome here, everything. Mm -hmm. And begin as you, when you start to say yes to the medicine, it's already starting to work. Nobody believes it until they say yes. And then they start to see the strange things that they remember that they had forgotten mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. But basically the medicine's going to take you where you need to go. Um, Sometimes it's really uncomfortable, but it's such a place of freedom when you can identify in your body where something lives, let it go somatically, somatics. So the, the different modalities that I work with is deep somatic inquiry. Mm -hmm. um, I work with a form of like resonant healing, which is really mm -hmm. going into the place of the body. One of the things that I've like really playing with recently is my own journey. I really went into like all of it. I mean, the rage, the anger, the grief. It was like feeling things for the first time, mm -hmm. like really into the deep shadows. And I'm playing a little bit lately with, do we actually have to, can, it, can healing be a little bit more gentle? Mm -hmm. Do we actually have to go back in almost re-traumatize ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, or is there like a more gentle way to do healing work? And uh, what I'm finding, which is so exciting in the past like year, 
is we can use these medicines. We can even use gentler medicines. Or, And I'm not trying to bypass people's shadow in the mm-hmm. deep healing work that actually does happen. But I do think that there are some gentler ways that we can be healing. And it's, it's um, the resonance of the body, the resonance of, you know, our beings. It's almost as if we can take what I've, what I've noticed recently, and I'm curious whether you have as well. Mm-hmm. In the years that I've been doing this work, like it has felt like the deep, going into the deep sludge of trauma and shadow has been like necessary with medicine. In the past year, I don't know if there's been like some shift on the planet. I have no idea. But the very thing that someone would have needed medicine to go to, I would have needed the strongest medicine to go to because like of my construct. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like right on the surface now with somatic inquiry. It's like, let's go into the body. Let's see what's Mm -hmm. there. And all of a sudden there's like a memory um, that may have needed medicine in the past for Mm -hmm. necessarily needed today. So I think we can be a little bit more gentle about how we work with medicine. But ultimately, yes, I'm doing deep healing work with clients. It feels like reclaiming of child parts, Mm -hmm. reclaiming of someone's truth. So I do see a process, but ultimately that this process is um, coming to truth, finding the truth of who you truly are, letting the medicine teach you, learning how to self-heal, I think that's another really empowering thing. We talk about sovereignty in the medicine space, but I think ultimately what I'm working to do with my clients now is teaching them practices of self-healing, how to really do their own shadow work after, you know, doing it with me a few times. This is something that they can do anytime a trigger comes up. Mm -hmm. It's like, feel that trigger in your body. Just presence it in your body. Where are you feeling it? What's the feeling? It can be like heat in the face. It can be anxiety in your stomach. It can be tightness in the chest. It can be like, oh, you didn't like the way someone just spoke to you or you're overwhelmed. Feel what the energy of that feels like. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go into the energy of it as a 10, just like a five. Mm -hmm. So you're aware of it. And then it's as if you have this dial and is, and if you've done earth medicines, it's, this is a little bit more helpful because I believe what medicines are doing is showing us a resonance, a vibrational field. Mm-hmm. So there's the resonance of the shadow and you can feel it. It's a density. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Your body almost wants to like contract. And then it's like you have a dial and you dial out into few If you have never done medicine, you could even think of something that just brings you joy and love. Mm-hmm. And you feel the vibration of that. Like what brings you love, joy? Like it can be so simple, like the smell of an orange. It can be like being by the ocean or someone you love. And then you dial your energetic field into that at a 10. Mm. And then you sit back. Some people call it um, sitting behind yourself or sitting with the ancestors allow technology. And it's like you sit back in this space with the trigger energy at a four, this energy of pure radiant beingness, true nature, love. And that 
consciousness, that pure nature, that true nature knows exactly what to do in your body. Mm. It knows exactly how to heal mm. without you getting in the way mm. and in the mind it knows exactly how to heal that trauma out of your body and your body mind complex. And so we're, I'm doing a lot more of that with the medicine. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm still tweaking some mm -hmm. things, but that has been so profound with clients and mm -hmm. I love serving the different medicines. Each one is different. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I love hearing about the, the somatic work and, I love how you're talking about this, like dialing with the dials mm. and just kind of like, you know, just kind of like mi mixing, encouraging this relationship to mm. form between those, those memories. Um, yeah. I love that combined with the medicine work. Um, yeah. And you just said the, the um, like the child work, right. Mm -hmm. I had a call yesterday and did somatic work with somebody who's new, new client. She closed her eyes, went right into a memory. She opened her eyes, was like, did I have medicine? I mean, we were on a Zoom call. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I didn't slip it through Zoom. And she was like, wow, that felt like a journey. So mm -hmm. like deep somatic, walking someone through deep somatic work, you really can meet these child parts. And when you do... If you, if you, if this happens to you, if like you listen to this podcast or another podcast and somehow like a child part is just like really closing your eyes, sensing what's in your body, going to where your body sounds the loudest. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I've got something in my belly. Just go there. Welcome mm -hmm. it. Welcome it. It's mm -hmm. all welcome. And then ask if there's a memory there. There's something that it wants to show you. A child might show up. If that child shows up, it's just like letting that child know that you see it and that you want to hear everything that it wants to tell you. It's like if you can look at shadow work like a long lost child that mm -hmm. just wants to come home into your arms and be seen, that's, I think, makes shadow work a lot less scary. Yes. I love that so much. That was my most recent um, uh, sacrament experience uh, with we had this big minister retreat and um, a big camping retreat. And yeah, that was my experience was, which does seem to be getting lighter, mm -hmm. which my initial mushroom experience is the first six years were just this, Oh, like really, I'd really talk myself into it because I knew it was mm -hmm. going to be so hard and hard. Yeah. And now, um, at least right now, at least mm -hmm. the last mm -hmm. couple of years, they've been like bringing, bringing up the shadow and seeing how awesome it is. Like, right. yes, right. Oh, there you are, my friend. <laughs> and, you know, I say that and I don't know, like, I don't, we both probably went through some major healing of something, right? Some shadowy thing that was hard, mm -hmm. the darkness of it, the un discomfort of it, the emotions of it. Maybe it's having gone through it once that you're like, oh, I, could, I survived that. The shadow isn't as scary anymore. I don't know. So there's either some mm -hmm. opening of consciousness, making a little bit easier on all of us, or at some point, just know that it does get easier. Mm -hmm. And shadow work actually ends up being like a treasure hunt. So mm -hmm. it's like discomfort in the body. Uh, 
what part of me, what life, what vital life force is stored there that, that I want for my creativity mm-hmm. and my life. Mm-hmm. So it, it can be really playful after a while. Mm-hmm. And even like the child part that shows up, it's like, oh, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So fascinating. Yeah. It's, it's hard for people to understand how I explain it to clients that are like, uh, <laughs> I had a client recently who was like, I'm just here to do, have fun with friends. I'm not here for shadow work. And I was like, okay. It was a group ceremony. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And inevitably a child part showed up. Um, and again, it's just that deep knowing that you, I don't know, there's, I think we don't want to admit that we were wounded. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to say like, oh, I was hurt because we want to bypass it and say like, no, I had a great, everything was great. Everything was great. And I think it's okay to say ultimately that when you come into this dimension, there is going to be wounding and we're just learning how to parent. Actually, we're just beginning to understand parenting Mm -hmm. and trauma and a child's Mm -hmm. beingness. Mm -hmm. And I believe this work heals generational trauma and helps us become better human beings. And Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of my clients are here for that very reason, whether they have young children or um, older in life and never had the chance to do this work, I think a lot of them are really interested in what's inside. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, I love how you're, how you talk about the conversation um, with the parts, uh, like kind of that internal family systems mm-hmm. type of model. We have some ministers that do weekly internal family system systems calls that are open to the community. And it is, seems to be such an important part of working with the mushroom and just intentional work in general. Cause I feel like that for me, that's been my experience that that's the fear with acknowledging mm-hmm. the, the uncomfortable stuff is not having a context for knowing how to work with it. Just Mm -hmm. like, Oh, if I admit it, then it's like, ah, then what? (laughs) Then Mm -hmm. what do I do? What does it mean about me? Am I then unlovable? Am I not perfect? Mm -hmm. Is it, um, am I, am I blaming my parents in some way or society in some way? And I think we can take that all lightly, really Mm -hmm. lightly. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. it is to go back and, you know, they're, everybody is doing their best from what they came from. Um, as, as we are, we, we are, you know, it's like with that Einstein quote, you know, you can't fix a problem with the same level of consciousness that created the problem. And mm-hmm. ultimately earth medicines are here to raise our consciousness. So we don't keep creating this world that we have today. And ultimately it's one of my favorite quotes is from Das's quote. We're all just walking each other home. I don't possess anything that anybody else out there doesn't possess. I'm not, you know, I don't like the guru, the mentality or healer. Like I do, it's like I'm walking you home just because I've walked the path before. It's like Mm -hmm. if you've walked the path, you know, from the beach to your house or to to school, home, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the way, um, it doesn't mean there's one way. 
It just means that there are some, that having someone walk with you can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that your church is doing that actually. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think they're, in my experience, now, again, I do a combination. It's like an intuitive internal family systems with other modalities, but mm-hmm. internal family systems is a real core to what I do. I don't know that there'd be as much healing psychedelic work without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, communication is so important um, to our community. I mean, it's, it's really like our church is our community. It's the people, you know, um, the, the church and the infrastructure uh, that has been developed by the founders mm-hmm. and the board, you know, kind of like is there for to set the set the container um, right. to be an open container of community and legal protection. But the church is the people and these incredible people that keep showing up and offering these amazing things to our community continues to blow my mind. We have another therapist who is starting an eight week series. Again, open to the community. You don't have to be a member. Um, It's a virtual series and it's all about peaceful communication techniques and conflict resolution, um, which is so important. Like a nonviolent communication or circling. Um, he does some nonviolent communication stuff, um, but I don't know a whole lot about it yet. Um, but I'm eager to learn what his approach is. Um, I'm so excited about what you're doing. I think this is the, the next phase. You're really on the frontier of redefining medicine, spirituality, community. I think community is so, so, so important. Mm-hmm. I've seen, it's really fascinating. I have, I've had recently a lot of like beautiful, beautiful friend groups come because they want to deepen their connection with each other and they want to support each other in their own deep work. Mm-hmm. I've been fascinated by that. That's great. Yeah. That's really great. Um, yeah. You were mentioning Colorado and we were somewhat involved. We know John Dennis who did a lot of work Um advocating for entheogenic practitioners. And um, yeah, we kind of experienced a little bit of heartbreak there because we have some members, uh, quite a few members in that area. And (sighs) we were like, oh, wow. Do you feel totally safe now? Like the way you're structured, do you feel safe? We, well... Yeah, I'm thinking about the question. Uh, I feel as safe as a as safe as I could be mm-hmm. as an active practitioner with the mushroom, which is a Schedule One substance, like you were pointing to earlier. Let's all remember. <laughs> Still, the climate that we're in, uh, we are constantly thinking and working to improve protection, legal protection for our members, which it's a quickly changing um, climate uh, and there's a lot of questions and there's new cases that are arising, you know, every year there's new churches that have had something come up where they find themselves uh, in court and working through something. And we learn from that Mm. uh, and we adjust. 
uh, what, what we're doing. You're so um, brave, especially after what you experienced. I want to just like pause. That takes a lot of courage as a mother. Thank you. And mm -hmm. you two as a couple mm -hmm. to feel so committed to serving others, this medicine, and to be, to create a place where people can come and do it as safely as actually possible in the United States. Um, yeah. Wow. Thanks. Thanks. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. It's so rewarding and it's kind of selfish because <laughs> I don't want to be arrested again. I don't, yeah. I mean, that may happen, but at least, you know, if it does, then we have a foundation to stand on a really good one. And the stronger, uh, that we can, the, the easier we can prove our sincerity as a community mm -hmm. um, and our our safety, then the easier it will be for anyone in our community to uh, get through any kind of legal um, situation. So it's it's kind of selfish. It's definitely for the greater good. But yeah. I want to be protected. I want my family to be protected and. I'm not going anywhere away from the mushroom. Like we're too close. We're family now. So um, yeah, I'm standing up for the mushroom too. And it's a mutual agreement uh, that I'm pretty happy about. Uh, and my kids, like, you know, I want my kids and their kids to have this community where they can mm -hmm. practice and, you know, not be afraid and not feel like they have to hide right. their practice. Still a lot of destigmatizing de that has to happen. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Lots. And it's even, it's interesting too, even with the psychedelic mom, people are like, oh, do you only interview moms? I'm like, no. See, that's the thing. I'm trying to break away from the paradigm of, yes, I am amplifying women's voices. I am amplifying mm -hmm. mother's voices. But the whole point is I'm a woman who has children mm -hmm. with incredible curiosities. Mm -hmm my own independence, my own uh, life path. And so it's, it's kind of interesting. And, um, you know, it sounds like similar to you, like you're, you're a mom, mm -hmm. you have this totally committed to your path and you're doing it as a family, which is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, you know, you're this woman who has incredible courage, who's having incredible incredibly courageous conversations on your own. Um, and again, it's like uh, redefining, I think, in a lot of ways, motherhood and being a woman that you know, we, we can challenge things when we don't like it and um, define for ourselves what we want our families to look like and have the access to. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a guest on this podcast and yes, having this awesome so conversation. I have so enjoyed this conversation. It's felt so natural for me and um, it's yeah. really great to meet you. I hope that we have another conversation soon. Um, Definitely. I'll have to have you on and share what you're doing. I would love that. And share what it's like for you to be a mushroom mom. And uh, yeah. yeah, I would love it. Yeah. I've got some great stories to tell <laughs> around motherhood and mushrooms. <laughs> Uh, Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank great. you so much. And I'll, you know, we'll link uh, any relevant services and offerings mm -hmm. um, that you have going on in the show notes. Yeah, thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.